Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezicki. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezicki along with my good friend Mike Kapler. And we like to get together on a weekly basis here on Grace Walk Radio and just talk about uh, the goodness of God and and about how this uh, learning about God's grace is it's an ongoing process throughout our life. It's its not like we get more and more and more of God's grace, but we simply, week by week, day by day, moment by moment in our life, we can, we can learn more about it and, so to speak, grow in the grace of God. So, uh, Mike, I'm glad to have you here with me. Last time we were talking uh, a little bit about how we are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And God has reconciled himself, or God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. It's been his work that he's done for uh, for us because he loves us so much. There's a wide spectrum of, of uh, different kinds of faith being represented out there, Joel. Uh, I've watched and witnessed, just from observing people who are Christians, I've watched believers, and I'm sure most who are listening right now can relate to this, people who are always feeling beat up, feeling condemned, feeling like they're just millions of miles away from the Lord, um, just constantly uh, walking in in condemnation and and guilt and frustration, not really having come to grips yet with the uh, incredible completion of Christ's sacrifice. And yet, on the other side of that coin, sometimes I've, I've seen the the self-righteous Christian, kind of walking around with their nose nose in the air, you know, and uh, you know that that old holier-than-thou type of attitude. Somehow, somehow thinking that maybe because they think they're living the Christian life so well that they have established uh, their righteousness um, that was actually given to us as a gift. So you've got these different things out there. You know, Job was was a very self-righteous man. You know, something we haven't really talked much about, Joel, and we probably won't today, but I'll just touch on it. In the book of Hebrews, we often refer to something called the Hall of Faith, where um, the, the great faith chapter where uh, a bunch of Old Testament saints are referred to as having achieved great victories uh, through faith. And um, yet Job is not listed there. We, we talk a lot about Job, but he's not in that hall of faith that was listed in Hebrews, that the writer of Hebrews put together. And I find that interesting because uh, as, as Joel had many good qual- uh, Job, I should say, you're Joel, right? Uh, Job had many good qualities, but one of the qualities that wasn't so good was he, he was a very self-righteous man. Uh, he, you know, he, at one point he even went so far as to say he didn't have any sin in his life. And, of course, later on came to, to a different conclusion and repented. But um, I, I think that one of the things that really seemed to bother Jesus when he was a man here on earth was that, that self-righteous attitude that the Pharisees had. You know, Jesus had, had just immeasurable patience for almost anything except that. And uh, so what we're here to con- continue talking about is, I guess... I hate to use the word balance. I never know what that means sometimes. Somebody always says, uh, well, you got to have a balance, brother. And I, I, just, I just never know what that means, Joel. But maybe we do need a little bit of a balance. Coming to the realization that without Christ, we're nothing. But because of Christ, we're everything. Well, I think you bring up a good point. As you look in, in that uh, Hebrews chapter 11, 
and those people who are mentioned there, as well as others uh, scattered throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, who who had faith, who walked in faith, who who were credited as walking in faith, they weren't the type of people that went around with their chest puffed out. They weren't the type that said that that uh, said of themselves, "I am." a righteous person i am measuring up to this to what god wants me to measure up to in fact a lot of them you'll see a lot of sin in their life you'll see a lot of of wrongdoing a lot of evil in their lives but their faith their trust in god is what caused them to do the things that they're credited as you know living out this faith and so you do see it it is unfortunate today where you see whether it's a church or an individual uh with their chest puffed out as if, hey, we've got it going on. We're the ones that are walking this right. You better start, you know, you better start living right uh, like we are or God's going to be keep being angry with you. Because the good news, that's not the good news. I mean, the good news that you find in the Bible is that despite uh, us being born in Adam and having this sin problem right from the start, God has reconciled us to himself because he loved us, because he wanted to do it, not because we, he knew that we could do it. You know, God. I don't believe that God wants us to compare ourselves with other people. If you think about it, God's not concerned with how I measure up to anybody else in this world. God's not looking at me compared to somebody else. What he's really concerned about is how I measure up to him, and the truth in that is, is that I fall very short in and of myself, in and of my own righteousness and my own works. Christ in me... Christ in you, Christ in the self-righteous person, Christ in the person who feels that they're never going to measure up. Christ in us is our only hope. He's the only thing that we can hope in. And the good news is that God has provided the Messiah, Christ, for us. Well, and even the word faith. I mean, one of the most used words in our Christian vocabulary. So many people have... When, when I say the word faith, I think some people will think of one thing, somebody else will think of another, another person will think of faith in this way. And, uh, in fact, you know, I used to be one of those people who said the opposite of faith is fear. Well, uh, coming, I don't know everything, but no, I do know more than I used to. And I don't even know if you and I have talked about this, Joel. I'm not even sure you would agree with me on it. But uh, I, I don't necessarily think that... that faith and fear are opposites. I can see where people can get that, and I don't want to split hairs here. Man, we haven't even got, we haven't even uh, dived into the scripture that we we planned on getting into here, but uh, we'll go with it here for now. But I, I believe the opposite of, of, uh, of fear is love, and that the opposite of faith is works or the law. You know, in First in John, in his epistle in chapter 4, um, what John wrote is that we have known and believed that the love we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. He goes on to say uh, that love has perfected us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Um, all of that to say, I, I think faith simply is trusting 
in what God has done in, in, instead of what we have done or in what we do. Trust I, you know, I think you're you're onto a good thing because if we're if we're saved by faith apart from works, then faith can't be the same thing as works. That's for sure. I mean, faith in Christ might lead us through to to works because God because our our faith has caused you know our, our trusting in Christ makes it possible for the holy the Holy Spirit to come dwell in us and live through us and produce good fruit and to produce good works. But it's that, that faith, apart from works, is what made all of that happen. And I love uh, that, that comparison or the, or the contrast between fear and love because you know God's love was enough for him to send his son Jesus Christ on that cross to, to nail him to the cross, to take our sins upon himself so that we wouldn't have to fear the punishment for our sins, because Christ took that upon Christ took that upon Himself. And if you think about it, if God dealt with my sins on the cross once and for all, why would He bring up my sin again to be punished again? You see, you know, my sin has been taken care of on Jesus Christ, and so God God's love did that. So indeed, we need not fear. We need not be afraid of God if we're trusting in in his sufficient love for us. It's, it's more than sufficient. Well, yeah, and, and just to tie in with what you were saying, Joel, of course we're familiar with uh, Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Of course, it goes on to say we are his workmanship, uh, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But notice that even even the faith to get saved is a gift from God. Exactly, that's incredible. Uh, I just the, 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 so often. But going back going back to John, uh, the first John. Um, John started out in that passage I read by saying, "We have always believed in the love that God has for us." And if you want to get an idea of what that kind of love is like. There are some pretty good modern translations that can take you through the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 and really break down what love is. Love not keeping any record of wrong and and uh, and love being patient. I, I know we read sometimes 1 Corinthians 13 and we, we read it in the context of this is how I should act in love toward others. And, and it is. But I, I, I think uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, is, is really... A great description and definition of of love itself, uh, and and in fact, love is a person. It, it, it's God. God is love. That's right. And and so to take that, you know, you, you do you hear that at weddings, and you, and and we do uh, hear it taught about as how how we as believers should act. But the only reason that that's true, the only reason that we as believers should act that way, is 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 as a result of the Holy Spirit. Indwelling us, we we can't look at First Corinthians thirteen, look at all the things that that love is, and say, all right, I need to try to start doing this, and then out of our own flesh, out of our own self effort, try to love like that. It's it it would be it will be a natural expression of Christ in us if we're abiding in Christ, if we're trusting in in Him as opposed to our own way of doing it, as opposed to our own self effort in doing that. You know, God's love is such a wonderful thing. It's 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 um, too big of a thing for us to try to do all by ourselves. It's got to be His work in us. Hmm. You know, I think last program, Joel, we started out in Second Corinthians five 
I'll try and finish now <laughs> because that was like one and a half pro- <laughs> one and a half programs ago. You know how it goes with us. You know, if you're tuning in for the first time or or maybe you're new to our our program, Growing in Grace, it's really not designed to be an exhaustive Bible study with perfect theology. We're just a couple of guys who have experienced incredible freedom with this unconditional love we've discovered in Jesus Christ. We've been Christians a long time, and for much of our Christian life, we haven't really experienced that. We're very thankful for the Grace Walk message that uh, both Joel and I uh, came into probably back in the the mid-90s, the mid to late-90s anyway, and uh, we just like talking about it, and that's what you're listening to here on Growing in Grace. So thanks for listening. Wrapping things up here, though, um, uh, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And with that, Joel, I'll let you wrap things up for growing in grace this week. Oh man, that's you know that's a tough one to end on because there's so much in there. But it, it is something to be thankful about that Christ Jesus was sinless. He was perfect in His behavior and in His following the law and in everything that God wanted Him to do, commanded Him to do, and He became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We'll let you think about that one, and maybe we'll try to pick it up again next week. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Well, thanks for joining us for Growing in Grace. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kepler and Joel Barizaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 